Welcome to Fluence Sucks. Here we discuss the dark side of fluencing about which nobody usually talks out loud. And in this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm community builder at Code Control and 9am.works. And my guest is Bastian Gruber, freelancer engineer and software enthusiast with more than 10 years of experience, the author of the Rust web development book and founder of Rust and Tell Berlin meetups. So welcome, Bastian. Hey, thank you for having me. First of all, tell me, why did you start Rust and Tell meetups? I like to surround myself with people who also want to learn and are like aware that they're not at the stage yet where they want to be. And, uh, and to start a meetup is always a great thing because it pulls people who want to know more than they currently do. And I really like to surround myself with these types of people. Did you have any challenges starting those meetups? Um, the Rust and Tell was an exception. It was absolute no, because Berlin is such a hub for like Rust developers so it was so easy just to have the name there and then people just came in the hundreds yeah this was pretty easy because of the location did you give any advertisements or how did you position it um so there is a meetup called hack and learn mm -hmm. in in berlin and i think it started in new york and it came to berlin and i really liked their format they had like more talks more shorter talks but they super super practical and i'm a practical type of person so i try to like model it based on their framework so no no advertisement just taking what was there just word of mouth okay mm -hmm. <laughs> so for you as a freelancer what is the hardest part of being a freelancer definitely the the uncertainty and uh, every three to six months finding a new client. Sometimes you feel like you can buy a house in three months and then <laughs> a week later you hope that you don't have to go to a food bank. This like mindset of if a thing goes well, the money comes in, but not money you can really own. So you always have to look for new jobs. You have to stretch out the money so it lasts for two or three years at least. This constant balance of safety and not safety can take a toll on you. Do you start searching for a new client after finishing previous projects or during that? Um, usually almost one or two months before the project runs out, I start my census and I contact the recruiters or the past companies and I say, hey, in four to eight weeks, I'm, I'm yeah, like available again. And then I start the process. Okay. And what is the most time-consuming thing you must deal with as a freelancer? Um, I would say finding new project is even more time-consuming than finances. There are quite a few apps out there on the phone. And once you have your finances in check after the onboarding phase, it's actually quite straightforward. But finding projects is the most time-consuming part. Do you do finances yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Because... You need to learn it for maybe half a year, but then you can do 80% yourself. Have you ever thought <laughs> of becoming a finance consultant? <laughs> actually, I did, yeah. I actually like wanted to do like private finance for, for people as a coach. 
but I never did. So maybe in the future, <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> and what is the most nerve-consuming thing you must do as a freelancer? Mm, definitely getting into companies. It depends on the project, but sometimes you go into a team who is like working for three or four years or more together and you have to come in and sometimes like you see stuff like which is not well and this is what you get paid for so you have to tell them your colleagues you try to bond with you have to tell them hey this part of the code base sh should be improved this process is not good let's improve it this can be quite hard every day basically you are like the new person you're never part of the team so each day you come in as you're not part of the company. So this is, it takes a special mindset to wake up like this and go into a company like this every day. And do you have this feeling in every company or maybe at some companies you know, they are more open, like tell us everything, tell us like, what do you see, how it usually works for you? Mm. It depends on the company. I had projects where they were very reluctant on feedback. They just wanted to have the code done one company told me please improve it because we are so so frustrated mm -hmm. to a degree where then you have to say this is part of the company culture and no matter like what you do you will always this will never work out in your company and this is hard to say but after seeing so many different teams you know after one or two days this is basically not not gonna happen um it, it depends. There are startups who hire 20 different freelancers. And then it's quite nice because like no one has a stake in the company politics. So you can go in, collaborate, do your best work and move on. And this is these are usually the best types of projects. You know, sometimes people say that as a freelancer, you can choose the project you want to work on and you can like drop the project if you don't like. Have you ever worked on a project that you liked from the beginning, but then didn't like? Yeah, this was after I like I took a year off and we traveled around. That's the nice part of being a freelancer, if it works out. Um, and then in the beginning, like was all great. And then the project grew, like we were maybe six people and then we were 20, 30. At, and then I had to do the same stuff over and over and over again. They even tried to pay me more. But I said, I can't, my, yeah, like my batteries are empty and I have to move on. So I left a huge chunk of money on the table and chose a project like with lower pay because I couldn't anymore do the same stuff. Yeah. You told me that you have uh, two kids and you like traveling. So how can you connect traveling, kids? and freelancing back then it worked better because like money was basically free and on the streets so each each startup hired and paid so it worked well because um back then you could do remote like it was not uncommon but the last projects i did it like this we didn't have kids so like with kids I might even now find it easier if you have a full-time job and a remote first company than a project because you can get fired in the next week or the company to stop paying 
the bills and then you have to look for a new contract while being in a different time zone which can be quite tiring so i rather travel and don't work and that's the thing i don't really like these pictures with like the laptop in front of a beach <laughs> i rather be at the beach or in a in like a dark like winter place and work i don't like to mix it because if i see the beach i rather go on the beach and don't yeah. work so yeah as a freelancer do you ever feel professional loneliness yeah you definitely have to connect you definitely have to find your tribe of people um this is why these um freelance communities are so vital because you need to share your experiences you need to say hey like this client is is yeah i don't know like is acting like this and and then you can ask people if they've like experienced this in the past and they say yes maybe try this yes i've been through this maybe drop it or just the compassion you need the compassion because you can't talk to the employees you can't talk to the client like right away you first have to figure out is this normal is this not how should i act and also just to vent you need to sometimes have a drink or go for a walk and talk to a colleague and say oh man this project just sucks i don't want to do it um it just helps like to get it off your mind but to share all those stuff you have to have a trusted space yeah. so how do you understand that it's an exact space where you can trust yeah trust is hard um i don't know like what are the pre-requirements i guess it's gut feeling but you just know like you open up a bit and you see if the other person opens up too and then it's a little dance until both open up completely <laughs> this can take half a year like one week it depends on the person but you first should test the waters and open up a little bit and see what comes back and then you open up more and more um yeah so slowly yeah do you usually open up first or wait for somebody to open up i'm the one who waits um <laughs> i try to be the opposite because i think everyone tries to wait and then like no one is opening up so i try now to be the person who who opens up to invite the other person also to do the same if your friend wanted to become a freelancer what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing it first thing is always money um have at least i would say like a year in savings for your current like expensive in the bank account the second one is look for a freelance project while you still have a full-time job don't mention it maybe even try to reduce your time at your full-time like work to three or two days and try if it works out um and by the same stance quit your job by not not burn any bridges say hey i really want to try this i'm not sure if it works out and hope that the company says sure if you want to come back come back so like the safety net helps because it takes time to ease in you don't want to make rush decisions so build a safety net of like money people companies you can fall on um first before you make the jump um and the third maybe this was three but the third thing is definitely look for a handful of 
recruiters to get in touch. Find find a community. I know like which does the project work, but always have three, four different communities and recruiters in your backhand. So there's a constant income stream or like that, yeah, like a project stream. How many recruiters do you have to have contacts with to have a constant stream of projects? It depends on the size. So like I'm, so I, in my high time, I probably was always in contact with three or four like recruiters. If a new recruiter calls me or like is like messaging me, there are some freelancers who hate the recruiters. I say, hey, get in touch in six months again, because you never know. You always say, this is where my project ends. Feel free to get in touch again, because at some point you might need this call out of the blue to feel good about yourself or to get you through the year. Have you tried referring some of your friends? For example, if you see a really good project, but you don't have uh, an opportunity to work for them, you don't have time. Have you ever referred somebody? Yeah, I did. Twice it worked. Like they got the project and people were happy. And back in the days, now it's probably different, but back in the days, uh, like good people always had projects. Like it was rare that you could get someone ad hoc. Um, but now with like the layoffs and stuff, it's probably harder even to find projects for all the people. Um, but yeah, I did and it worked out. And this is, yeah, like one thing is share your work, share your thoughts, help people out constantly. The recruiters, the companies, your freelancers, be the point which helps everyone because then at some point it will come back to you. Yeah. Bastian, I wish to have the sky as the limit, but time is the limit. So the final question, if you were starting freelancing today, what is one thing you would have done differently? Mm. Acted more professionally from the start, like I'm a sort of like a business, not in a cold way, but more in a, I have to build this trust that I'm an entity and not so much a human. Um, if people, so like show that you're open and a human, but I let my like emotional stuff about how I feel about the team or a code base get into the way of doing like my best work. And in this business, I would have liked to be more every day. I go in, I try to do my best and I went afterwards or I find a different way or I always try to be constructive. I had projects where I was more like negative and that's not constructive. So like one advice is like that anger is just a sign of helplessness and I showed anger in projects and I would have rather like to like empower myself and learn more about the situation and tools to help me than just to get angry. Yeah. Bastian, thank you very much for sharing your experience and your wisdom. And it's been such a pleasure to learn from you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button or five stars and share it with your friend. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.